You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Let's talk about victory over failure today. So Jesus is telling the parable of the talents and the third guy failed. He did not invest the gold like he was supposed to. So Matthew 25, verse 25, he says, So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See here, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Then the master says, So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Man, think about that. So if Jesus entrusts you with stuff, he entrusts you with time, he entrusts you with resources, he entrusts you with spiritual gifts, he entrusts you with opportunities, what are you doing with them? Are you using them to serve the Lord as he intended? Or are you just hiding them? Are you hiding them in the ground? I mean, think about the way that you think about your serving the Lord. Are you ashamed? Are you afraid? Do you fear what other people think of your faith? So you just kind of cover it up. You're like, oh, I wouldn't want them to know I'm a Christian. That might affect my job. Or my classmates not might not like me. Or it's, or maybe they would. Maybe they would be inspired to follow Jesus because of your courage and your faith. Don't hide those talents. Don't hide those gifts. Don't fail with those resources like that third guy did. How are you using your gifts and abilities uh, to work towards your goals and to serve the Lord? Um, What failures have kept you from pursuing your goals and dreams? What do you think God wants you to learn from those setbacks? And that's really what it is. It's a process of learning. So if you still have days left, you should use them for God's glory. You know, I'm using this COVID time right now, uh, a time when I'm not able to do all the things that I want to do, to learn, to grow, to prepare, to re-equip so that when this whole social distancing uh, can't meet together all the time, when all this is over, that I can be more effective in leading, more effective in preaching, more effective in serving, more effective in living my life. So that's what I am doing with any of the extra time that I might have available uh, with this whole COVID thing, because this COVID thing is going to be over sometime, and then we'll have a great opportunity to move forward. So keep working on it, keep preparing. All right, number one, everybody fails in many ways. Everybody fails in many ways. James 3, 2 says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. So I know I make mistakes all the time. I've been making these videos for almost six months now, and I edit them, and I know all the mistakes and the words that I say wrong, and oh, man. Um, Anyway, we all make mistakes. And the closer we get to Jesus, the more we learn about his word, the more we realize we're making mistakes, failures. Uh, We need to learn from them. We need to keep moving forward. You know, when I was a little kid and my dad was helping me learn to ice skate, uh, first he had me uh, push push a chair around the ice rink. And then uh, as I got better at skating, I'd I'd fall and I'd get up and I'd fall and I'd get up and then I got better and better at it. Uh, But when you fall, you got to get up. So don't just lay there on the ice. 
So one, you look silly, and two, you're not going to get any better just sitting there on the ice. Plus, it's cold. Anyway, Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And Ecclesiastes 7, 20 said, there is, says, There is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. So we all fall, we all fail, we all sin, and we need to confess that to the Lord. So when we realize that we've sinned, when we failed, we need to ask the Lord to forgive us, to help us, uh, to learn from it, and to move forward, to keep moving forward. So um, have you ever felt like a failure at your work, or as a Christ follower, or as a husband, as a wife, as a friend, as a person, as a parent, as a grandparent, um, classmate. There's just so many ways that we feel like we failed. And Satan can use that to pull us down and to keep us from serving. So we want to be careful that we don't give in to that. Uh, we don't let our setbacks and defeats overwhelm us. So the Bible is full of stories of failure. Adam and Eve disobeyed God and caused the entire human race to fail. Noah did this great thing, building an ark, uh, saving his family and the animals and all this stuff. And then later, uh, he had a vineyard, made some wine, got drunk. That didn't go well. David committed, Beth, or committed adultery with Bathsheba and then mur murdered her husband. See, I'm imperfect in my speech there. Simon Peter denied the Lord, and John Mark deserted Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey. So these are just some stories from the Bible that uh, show that God can use imperfect people. God can restore imperfect people. God can still help those people who have failed, and he forgives failure. I'm pretty sure this message today isn't going to fail because it's a compilation of resources that have helped me over the years. So uh, I've paid twice for the entire Biblical Counseling Keys library. So of course I'm going to use that because they're great resources. And then uh, also uh, resources from Rick Warren, Johnny Hunt, John Maxwell, and uh, some others that uh, I don't remember where I got them. But uh, <clears throat> the inner self-talk in my head is quick to point out that I'm failing, quick to be a critic in my head. Uh, I'd like to say I'm self-correcting. So uh, that might be a good thing. But uh, anyway, I do not want to fail. And I read a lot of stuff that tries to encourage me when I feel like I might be failing to keep moving forward. Failure means not performing up to expectations, being unsuccessful, or defeated. Unmet expectations lead to disappointment and sometimes to despair, but God can use that disappointment to realize that something's not right and to help us grow spiritually, to help us grow in our Christian lives. So uh, failure to act in accordance with God's will brings negative consequences. So when we are doing our own thing, ignoring God's will, uh, we may suffer immediate disappointment or it may take a while, but we reap what we sow. And undesirable consequences can lead to a self-evaluation that can result in a change of heart and life. That's a time when we uh, ask the Holy Spirit to show us what sin is going on in our life and to confess that and to get right with the Lord and to try to try to make core corrections, try to make changes so that we can um, follow after the Lord. And sometimes he disciplines us. Sometimes he accomplishes that life change through us by disciplining, disciplining us. Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So um, 
We need to follow after the Lord, and we need to do what we know is right. James 4.17 says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Uh, When you think about that sometimes, when you uh, just know what the right thing to do is, and you're like, well, it's not my job. It's not my it's not my calling. I'm not going to do it. And then you don't do it. But you know you should. You know it's the good thing you should do. Uh, that's sin. So want to do uh, all that God wants us to do in the way that he wants to do it, and the timing that he wants to do it, so that all goes well. If you fail to forgive through the grace of God, a root of bitterness can grow. And that's really difficult when you are bitter or bitter towards other people. Hebrews twelve fifteen. see to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And we need to live our lives in Christ. If you fail to live your life uh, with faith in Christ, Satan can do much damage to your life. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brother. Simon messed up so bad that he said he wouldn't deny Christ, and he did deny Christ. And uh, what a mess. But, oh man, when you look in the book of Acts and see how... Peter moved forward, how he learned from that, and the faith that he had, and the courage that he had to serve Jesus after that. Sometimes failure can be the thing that really turns us around. We learn from that mistake. We're not going to do that again. We want to be successful. We want to be successful in God's eyes. You know, sometimes the world uh, says that success is possessions, or power, or position, or popularity. And First um, John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, come not from the Father, but from the world. So we are not to think of that as the way to be successful. But at, when we're serving the Lord, when we're doing what he is calling us to do, when we're living our life in Christ, we can find success. You know, if we become CEOs that make a ton of money that uh, are successful in the world's eyes and we have all the toys and all the vacations and all the experiences, we may fail. We may totally fail the Christian life. So don't do that. Be wise when it comes to that. You know, sometimes when we are successful, it brings us pride. We take pride in our success. Matthew 6, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So then there's humility producing success that focuses on the power and grace of God and brings glory to him rather than you. Matthew 5, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So we move forward in the Lord and we trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And then we put God's word in our heart. Psalm 119, 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you put all those together, and what you're doing to be successful is you're serving the Lord through His strength, through His power. Uh, You're applying His Word. Uh, You are showing up. You are being available. You know, so many times when I think that I've done something great for Christ, and I'm like, wow, I bet Jesus is really glad I'm on His team. Uh, Sometimes the results aren't as great as I expect. And other times when I show up, and I serve, and I'm faithful, and I'm like, well, that probably didn't go very well. 
hey, Jesus is probably not that happy I'm on his team, that sometimes that's the time and it works the best when I'm most successful. Uh, God working through me instead of me working for God. Don't fall into that trap. So instead, um, follow after the Lord, live for the Lord. Um, That's where success is found. If you are living life apart from the Lord or serving the Lord in such a way that uh, you're just so busy serving the Lord that you have no time to worship the Lord or spend with the Lord, you are failing. Uh, That is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, Like my cell phone, it needs to be recharged sometimes. It needs to sit on the charger and get recharged. And when I am worshiping the Lord and spending time in His Word and praying, I'm getting recharged. So some people just want to sit and be recharged all the time and they never want to serve. Uh, They never want to uh, use that power that they've been charged up with. So it turns out that my phone, if you leave it on the charger all the time, it decreases battery life. So anyway, if you want to be successful, you need to serve in the Lord's power and the Lord's strength. Number two, remember failure is the path to success if I'm humble and willing to learn from it. Failure can be the path to success if I'm humble and willing to learn from it. Proverbs 24, 16, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. They get up, they fall, they rise, they, sometimes they fall into sin, and they ask for forgiveness, and they get up. And they accept that forgiveness and they move forward and they realize it was a mistake and they do everything they can not to make that mistake again. And they don't give up because Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. You know, sometimes when we give up, then we're failing. So if you were serving and you kept failing, but you choose to, you chose not to get up again, then you're failing because you're not getting up. You're not moving forward. You're not doing anything. You're just sitting there uh, sulking, saying, I can't do anything. I'm just a failure. Why do I even try? Keep trying. Keep serving. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. Confess any known sin. Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You know, the Bible is full of people who have made mistakes. The Bible is full of people who have been faithful and those who have failed, those who have failed and gotten back up, those who have failed and God was still able to use them. Um, Proverbs or 1 Corinthians 10, 11, these things happen to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So just think about the people that you read about in the Bible that were, they fell, that were, uh, like Job, uh, went through a really hard time, yet he was faithful. David fell, but yet he confessed his sin and then moved forward. His life wasn't perfect. He still had difficulties. Uh, Even Samson, when he really messed up at the end of his life, wanted to give glory to God and to serve God in his last days. Um, examples of way the way we are supposed to live. Anyway, number three, uh, remember that no matter what happens, God's promises to use it for good in my life. So remember, no matter what happens, God can use it for good in my life. So um, when we're in the Lord, then he can use these experiences for good. He can use them as training experiences. He can use them as sermon illustrations. He can use them uh, to uh, give us an experience that we can share with others uh, so we can give them warnings of why you shouldn't do these things because you tried it and it didn't work out so good. Romans 8.28 
We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Sometimes God can use those difficulties, he can use those shortcomings, he can use those hardships, he can use those mistakes to build you up, to make you a better person, to put your life in a better situation, and to keep you humble. Sometimes he gives you a season in your life of difficulty to prepare you for the future to prepare you to be more gracious, to prepare you to be more compassionate, to prepare you to be more thankful for the things that you will get in the future, for the things that he blesses you with in the future. So number four, refuse to compare yourself to others. Refuse to compare yourself to others. That is so easy to do sometimes. <clears throat> I compare myself to others often, so not, not a good thing. Um, because one, if I compare myself and I'm like, oh, I'm better than them, then that's pride and that's sinful. And then if I compare myself and say, oh, well, uh, you know, they're way better than me. I can never do what they do. They have more hair than me. Uh, that's not good either. So that's not honoring God with the way that he has formed me and created me. So Galatians 6, 4 says each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. You know, it was funny that we had um, a guest speaker at a church I was at, and um, he really liked John Piper. Matter of fact, he worked at John Piper's church. John Piper's a great pastor. Um, anyway, uh, this guy, if I close my eyes, he sounded exactly like John Piper. So the word, the way that he spoke made it, he just was like a John Piper clone. He must really loved John Piper because he was like, an imitation of John Piper. I don't know if he meant to do it or if it just happened, but I don't want to be a clone. So I can't pretend to be somebody or uh, try to be somebody else. I've got to be me. I've got to be the best me that I can. So actually probably wouldn't even be able to pull off imitating somebody perfectly because I'm just me. And uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I need to be the best me I can be. And you need to be the best you that you can be. So comparing people, um, ninth grade was a time in my life where I really failed a lot. Uh, I learned a lot, but it was just really difficult because um, I had just uh, turned 13 when I started ninth grade. And uh, so I wanted to play football. Uh, I was really excited to play football. And I was at a really big school and uh, most of the other people that I was playing with were bigger than me, um, bigger, faster, and stronger than me. Um, I had played eight-man football in uh, elementary school and some junior high, so I had some experience, but uh, they were just bigger than me. And uh, so in practice, uh, the coach was a science teacher, and he was yelling at me, Tyan, get in there and hit that guy. If you're running at this speed and he's running at the same speed, when you hit, you'll both get knocked back the same distance. So get in there and hit him. I'm like, okay. So I hit this guy to try to tackle him as hard as I could. I mean, I grabbed onto him. I did everything I could to bring him down. I think we were running at the same speed, but my wise science teacher, science teacher forgot to mention mass. He was bigger than me. He weighed more than me. He was stronger than me. And anyway, so I hit him as hard as I could, gave it my best shot. And like a freight train, he hit me. Knocked me back about 15 feet, kept going. So, kind of embarrassing. So, compared myself to him. I'm like, I can't do it because he's just bigger, faster, and stronger. So, anyway, uh, I looked this guy up. 
not too long ago. Found out that uh, right after high school, he played college football and some minor league baseball. Uh, he was a great athlete. So, and I think I'm bigger than he is now. So uh, it's probably a little old. Uh, we're probably too old to go on a football field and try that one again. So, uh, but nonetheless, um, to compare myself to him wouldn't be fair because I was who I was at that time. And you are who you are. God has made you the way you are. So you can't compare yourself. You shouldn't compare yourself. You need to be you. You need to trust that God has created you special in the way that he wants you to be, to do the best you can with the gifts and the resources that he has given you. So be you. Don't compare yourself to estimate your value. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. We do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So uh, let's not compare ourselves to each other. Let's compare ourselves to God's standards for our lives. Let's compare ourselves to uh, the person that we want to be and the goals that we have uh, and uh, work on that. Do the best we can with what we have. Number five. Number five, re redefine the meaning of failure. Failure is not missing a goal or being unable to do something. Real failure is not having a goal or being unwilling to try something. So again, <clears throat> back in ninth grade, <laughs> let's ask the question here. Did I fail at high school gymnastics? So again, ninth grade, uh, I get recruited by my typing teacher to go out for gymnastics. He's the coach. He's like, hey, Chris, go out for gymnastics for three weeks. I guarantee you'll pass typing. Wink, wink. So uh, I uh, had gotten in trouble. I had a parent-teacher conference because I had a temper tantrum on the on the uh, typewriter after he covered my hands with black felt so I couldn't see them. I hit the typewriter and then the parents came in and then he's like, if he goes out for gymnastics, so it might be a good opportunity for him. My parents are like, sure, whatever. So anyway, I'm tall. I'm skinny. Again, these kids, they're older and stronger than me. Not good for a gymnast. So uh, floor routine, uh, I was afraid to, afraid to do flips and backflips. They hooked me up to this harness thing. I just didn't trust. I was like, I'm not doing a backflip. I might break my neck. So anyway, I was not strong enough for a full rings routine. So I could only hang there for so long. And doing an iron cross, not going to happen. So while I was there practicing, I watched a guy on the high bar go around and it broke in half. The bar, the wood bar broke in half during practice. So, <clears throat> and the skin on my hands kept ripping. Uh, <clears throat> Um, parallel bars, eh. but I had an okay pommel horse routine, so not really. Um, I just did a, did circles up and down the horse and scissors on the horse and kept my legs straight, my long skinny legs straight. So, uh, but I did score sixes out of 10, which isn't the worst in the world. So I tried gymnastics, but it really wasn't my thing. I wasn't built for it. It'd be better if I was shorter, wasn't strong enough for it. I, I wanted to quit. Uh, the three weeks was up. I'm like, I'm going to pass typing. But my parents were like, oh, no, you shouldn't quit the things that you start. So anyway, I stuck in there for a while and I learned some stuff. And I also got to go to compete at a meet at the Team USA Olympic Training Center, which is kind of cool. So uh, I can tell people, yes, I uh, used to do gymnastics at the uh, Team USA Olympic Training Center, So, which is true. But it was like only a meat. But uh, nonetheless, I don't think I failed. So I tried something new. 
I knew it wasn't for me. I stuck in there. Uh, I learned. So, uh, and I have, a, I just shared a sermon illustration. So, I mean, everything that I do in life is worthwhile. If it's a sermon illustration, right? If I can share it with you, but nonetheless, um, so it wasn't a failure. So I got recruited to gymnastics. I didn't want to do it, but I did. And many times we'll be recruited to do things. And uh, we will show up by faith and trust that God will help us. Trust that God will help us to serve. Trust that God will help us with the youth group. Trust that God will help us with that small group we're leading at our house, that life group. Trust that God will help us to share our faith. Trust that God will help us to serve. Trust that God will work in our lives as we are living in faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, As without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. All right, number six, refocus on God's love for me and others. When we're focused on God's love for us and for others, then we're not so fearful and we're not going to fail as often. So 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So love. The Lord loves us so much that he forgives us of our sin. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Can you say that you are a Christ follower? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is personally involved in our lives. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us live the Christian life. He is active right now in our lives, in believers' lives. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? If so, have you connected with him. Uh, we can talk to him through prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Uh, a great way to uh, come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, to get saved from the penalty of your sin, to be assured heaven and everything that goes with that is to pray. Pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I've sinned against you. I sin all the time. Please forgive me of my sin and to come into my life and save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. That is a great way to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Psalm 103, verses 4 through 12, about God and the way that he treats us, us sinners, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, our sins from us. <clears throat> Number seven, replace my fear with faith in Jesus. Replace my fear with faith in Jesus. Isaiah 41.10 So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 2 Timothy 1.7, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God knows our heart. God knows the way that we're made. He knows the mistakes we made, but He cares for us, and He loves us, 
And we should not fear, but we should have faith. We should not fear that God is against us. We should fear that God is holy and righteous and he wants us to honor him and do we have a holy respect for him. We want to serve him. We want to pursue him. We want to learn about him and grow in him. He knows our hearts. He knows all about us. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider he's going to choose a king. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. He sees our heart. He knows us. He knows our heart's desire. And if we have a hard heart, he can soften it. If we have a wicked heart, he can transform it. So if we have a broken heart, he can heal it. First Timothy or First Thessalonians 5:16 Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Uh, verse 23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. <clears throat> All right, so um, you could stop this right now if you want, because the message is pretty much over. But um, John Maxwell uh, has a great book called Bailing Forward. And I gave it to someone who failed, and they failed to return it, so I don't have it. But uh, he had a blog post from June 2011. It was on seven principles for failing forward, and you can find that. Search seven principles for failing forward by the John Maxwell Company. So uh, in the next few minutes, I'm just going to read this to you, uh, because you're probably not going to read it on your own, and you're probably not going to look it up or even find it, but I just think it's so helpful. So um, let me read it. Vincent Van Gogh failed as an art dealer, flunked his entrance exam to theology school, and was fired by the church after an ill-fated attempt at missionary work. In fact, during his life, he seldom experienced anything other than failure as an artist. Although a single painting bay, Van Gogh would fetch in excess of 100 million today, in his lifetime, Van Gogh sold only one painting four months prior to his death. Before developing his theory of relativity, Albert Einstein encountered, encountered academic failure. One headmaster expelled Einstein from school, and another teacher predicted that he would never amount to anything. Einstein even failed his entrance exam into college. We know how he turned out. Prior to dazzling the world with his athletic skill, Michael Jordan was cut from his sophomore basketball team. Even though he captured six championships during his professional career, Jordan missed over 12,000 shots, lost nearly 400 games, and failed to make more than 25 would-be game-winning baskets. Failure did not stop Vincent Van Gogh from painting, Albert Einstein from theorizing, or Michael Jordan from playing basketball. But it has paralyzed countless leaders and prevented them from reaching their potential. Do you feel that way? At some point, all great achievers are tempted to believe they are failures. But in spite of that, they persevere. In the face of adversity, shortcomings, and rejection, they hold on to self-belief and refuse to see themselves as failures. Here are seven abilities of achievers that enable them to rebound from failure and keep moving forward. Number one, reject 
rejection. Achievers who persevere do not base their self-worth on their performance. On the contrary, they have a healthy self-image that's not dictated by external events. When they fall short, rather than labeling themselves a failure, they learn from mistakes in their judgment or behavior. Number two, don't point fingers. When people fail, they're often tempted to blame others for their lack of success. By pointing fingers, they sink into a victim mentality and cede their fate to outsiders. When playing the blame game, people rob themselves of learning from their failures and alienate others by refusing to take responsibility for their mistakes. Number three, see failure as temporary. People who personalize failure see a problem as a whole they're permanently stuck in, whereas achievers see any predicament as temporary. One mindset wallows in failure, another looks forward to success. By putting mistakes into perspective, achievers are able to see failure as a momentary event, not a symptom of a lifelong epidemic. Number four, set realistic expectations. Unrealistic goals doom people to failure. For instance, if a person hasn't exercised for five years, then making it to a gym twice a week may be a better goal than running in next month's marathon. Also, some people insensibly expect to be perfect, and everyone fails, so expect setbacks and emotionally prepare to deal with them. Number five, focus on strengths. Don't invest time shoring up non-character flaws at the exclusion of investing your strengths. People operating from a position of strength enjoy a far lower rate of failure than those laboring in areas of weakness. You're built to give your talents to the world. Be diligent about finding expressions for them in your career. Number six, vary approaches to achievement. In The Psychology of Achievement, Brian Tracy writes, about four millionaires who made their fortunes by age 35. On average, these achievers were involved in 17 businesses before they found the one that took them to the top. They kept trying and changing until they, find, until they found something that worked. And number seven, bounce back. Number seven, bounce back. Rehashing missteps and blunders for too long sabotages concentration and eats away at self-confidence. When dealing with failure, achievers have short memories. They quickly forget the negative emotions of setbacks and press forward resiliently. While taking pause to learn from failures, achievers realize that the past cannot be altered. Then he summarizes his blog post. This is John Maxwell again. He says, I believe it's nearly impossible for any person to believe he or she is a failure and move forward at the same time. For those who have been downsized, let go, bankrupted, the temptation may be to internalize failure. My hope is that anyone who has suffered setbacks recently will be able to separate life's unfortunate events from their self-worth. Failure, like death and taxes, will happen. Your response to failure holds the key to your future. Uh, all seven of those points are so huge for us, even right now in this difficult time that we live in. And Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, um, yes, we fail. Uh, but Jesus loves us and can help us to be successful and to do better next time. Next week, victory over discouragement. So, hey, River Rock Church is um, trying to sell our land. We've got some land on the highway. We want to sell it so we can buy a building because we need a place to meet. So uh, right now we are putting videos online and having watch parties, but actually the weather is going to be so nice 
uh, on Sunday that we're gonna have an outdoor service, which is crazy to have an outdoor service. It's supposed to be like 62 degrees uh, at 10 a.m. on Sunday, November 8th in Minnesota. That never happens or hardly ever happens. So anyway, um, we are trying to sell our land so we can buy a building, so pray about that. All right, River Rock Church is supported by the financial contributions of those uh, the friends and families and members and people who care about River Rock Church. So um, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, maybe you could uh, support us by giving online at riverrockchurch.com slash give. Uh, we would love to hear your prayer requests and your praises. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can go to riverrockchurch.com slash pray. You can see uh, past messages at riverrockchurch.com slash watch or hear them at riverrockchurch.com slash listen. So as you can tell, a lot of stuff at riverrockchurch.com, uh, including uh, riverrockchurch.com slash uh, groups, where you can find out which groups we currently have meeting. So anyway, I hope this time has been a blessing to you. I hope that you will find victory over failure and help others to find that and to be successful and to accomplish great things for God. So let me just pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for whoever watched to this point. Lord, I pray you bless them in every way. I pray that you would help us to be victorious over failure and not allow Satan to pull us down by constantly reminding us of all the ways that we fail and how we don't measure up and how we think that everybody's better than we are. Uh, the inner talk inside of our heads can be a mess. Uh, the temptation around us can be a mess. Uh, Satan's accusation can create a mess. So Lord, we just pray that you would help us to see uh, how we stand uh, righteous and forgiven through Jesus in you, and that through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would help transform the world uh, one life at a time. So Jesus, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Anyway, next week, um, victory over discouragement. Victory over discouragement. I hope that uh, you will tune in next week. Have a great week. You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.